Hello, wonderful people, beautiful people. Thank you for joining Fire and Ice podcast today. Um, we are almost finished with our series of entrepreneur for the January and the February of 2023. We'd like to thank WMNF for 88.5 FM for allowing the Fire and Ice podcast to engage in the community and take out some relevant issues and and deliver some uh, solutions to our problems in the business sector. So uh, we have talked about this issue for a while, and we are about to round it up with our last guest. Um, it will be an individual from Hillsborough County Minority Business, and he's the director for the Minority Program. And so we're going to get right into it with Mr. Kenneth Jones. And for your information, so you can uh, have something to refer to or someone to contact, please get your pen and paper out and, and take names and, and numbers and, and, and email addresses and websites, because this might be something that you want to follow up on after this podcast. Good morning, Mr. Jones. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good morning, Dr. Baptiste. How are you? I'm well, well, and thank you for being here with us today on Fire and Ice podcast. And um, we want to know more about the options that are out there in the community in regards of business, entrepreneurs, job creations, and how your agency help these things to come about, how, how your agency helped manifest these um, big job creations and help business owners to um, start their business and what options out there for minority business enterprise. And just give us a little bit about you, about what your agency do, please. Definitely. Again, thank you for the opportunity to to be here and share with the community who we are and what we do. So my name is Ken Jones. I am the director of Hillsborough County Government's Minority and Small Business Enterprise Programs. And while we'll get more in depth and detail throughout the podcast, but just a, a quick overview of, of what our role is, our primary role is to ensure that minority and women-owned businesses have opportunities to, number one, be aware of, and more importantly, connect to contracting opportunities with Hillsborough County government for the things that we that we buy, the goods and services that we buy. Okay, so are you are you saying that um, all of the people that register as a minority business will have the opportunity? based on the industry and the service and the product that they offer, will have an opportunity to do business with the government. And when you say government, do you mean local government, state government, or federal government? The local government, Hillsborough County government. Okay. Um, and so um, what services that the local government may have before we get into how do you qualify? Um, what services 
would a uh, entrepreneur or business owner would provide to the local government? Some of them, of course. Yeah, so some examples are uh, trades, so subcontracting opportunities on construction projects that the, the county has. There's also things such as, um, you know, we buy goods and services, um, um, printing, to be printing, uh, promotional items, landscaping, lawn services for the county-owned properties, uh, the parks and, and recreation facilities, as well as the libraries, for example. Um, you know, there's such a wide gamut of services and goods that the county procures. Um, I'm not going to do justice to say all of them, but those are just some of the examples. And, and I'll give you one that's kind of off the beaten path that we kind of don't think about, and I really didn't until it, I saw the opportunity. But there was one last year that I saw the county was looking for a company to distribute the um, recycle as well as trash containers. You know, people at home who have trash pickup or recycle pickup, well, those are county provided containers. And we were looking for a vendor to deliver those to, to people's homes, to not only the new homes, uh, in Hillsborough and throughout Hillsborough County, but also that needed to be replaced. So that's something that I, I didn't think about until I saw the opportunity come across and we evaluated it for minority participation. Uh, there was another one real quick that was looking for auto detailing services, primarily cleaning of uh, county vehicles uh, in a mobile environment. So Someone that had a business that did auto detailing, um, cleaning, washing uh, for county vehicles in a mobile in a mobile fashion, so that they could go throughout the county and wherever the vehicles were. So those are just some examples um, of things that the county buys. So um, that's very interesting. Um, so when. If I today, just using me as an example, wanted to do business with um, the county and being a minority, what is the process to get my business classified as a minority business? Yeah, so it's a, a two-step process. I'm really oversimplifying it, but it's a two-step process. So submitting an, an application for certification with our department the Minority and Small Business Enterprise Office. And part of the registration process will be uh, the business registering with the county's procurement system. And so what that will do, that is the way that a business tells the county who they are, that they're in business, and what they do. So that would be one of the steps is for a business to register with the county's procurement system. Mm -hmm. And then also our department will look at and verify that they are a minority or woman-owned business and meet our eligibility criteria for such. And so those are the two steps in the process. And, and it takes, it could be three to four weeks. The key element, it could even be shorter, could be a little longer, but the key element is if the business owner has all the appropriate documentation. So we do need to verify that the business is legal, is legitimate, has all the respective uh, registrations and licenses that it needs to have. 
and we'll verify that. And then we need to verify that it's a minority or woman-owned business. And then we want to make sure that they're registered with, with the county's procurement system. Because, again, that's how we know they're in business and we know what they do. And just as important, whenever the county is looking to buy something, that's how we know which firms can provide that good or service. And we will email them and let them know that, hey, the county is looking at buying these goods or services. You said in your registration that these goods or services are what you provide. If you're interested in bidding on it, then please follow through and do so. So we want to make sure that the businesses know what those opportunities are. And then it's their decision if they like to submit a bid or not. And they may be busy. They may not have the ability and capacity to do it at that point in time. But later on, the next bid opportunity, they may be able to do it. So we want to make sure that they know about the bid opportunities. And then it's their decision, of course, if they'd like to submit a bid. So um, what what are the advantages? Why would this be something someone would want to be a part of uh, who is a, a minority? What what are the advantages that um, helps a person to build their business or to um, get business? What is the advantage of going through this certification of your agency? Yeah, so I, I think it's important to note that our program is is two programs. So we have the Minority and Women-Owned Business program, and we have a small business, SBE, Small Business Encouragement Program. Mm -hmm. So let me take a, a couple of minutes and talk about each of those separately. Okay. So the Minority Business Program allows us to establish goals on county-eligible projects where we're saying that we know based on the number of firms that are registered with us that they can provide that good or service and we can set a goal so you may have heard or some of your listeners may have heard that the county has a project for construction an example uh, and there's a 10 percent goal on that project for minority participation so what does that really mean that means we know that based on the number of businesses that are minority owned, they can provide at least 10% of the scope of work on that project. And that's what we expect the prime contractor who wins that bid to be able to do at least 10% with minority owned businesses. Now that 10% is again, based on the number of businesses that can provide the work it's not based on population. I've had some conversation with uh, residents and their opinion of that is that the percentage should be based on the population. So for example, I'm just gonna pick a, a, a number. If 20% of the population in Hillsborough County is African-American, then uh, there's a certain perspective that believes that 20% of the money for each project should go to minority businesses. Well, it's not based on population. It's based on the number of businesses that are available that can provide that work. And that's because of legal standing and legal foundation. So when we set a goal, 10%, for example, again, going back to my initial uh, percentage, we're saying on this project, 
we expect 10% of the business to go to a minority-owned firm. So that's one of the benefits of being certified with us is that where there are subcontracting opportunities for minority-owned businesses, we will set a goal and we will expect that prime contractor to do that amount of business with minority businesses. So, so the, I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to just ask that question because that's a very important point about when you mentioned the 10%, some people also had um, the um, opinion that it should be based on the population. Um, so my question is that if it's not based on the population, what is it based on? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so where, where did that 10% arrive from? Yeah, great question. And so the goal is based on businesses that can provide that service. So for example, I'm going to be specific and let's say um, asphalt. So there's a road construction project and we have minority businesses that can provide asphalt, using that as an example. Mm -hmm. So we... We have to have at least three businesses that can provide that scope of work. Again, using asphalt as an example, we have to have at least three minority owned businesses that can provide that. And the reason that we have to have three or more is because the courts, the courts and the legal foundation and framework really guide our program. So we at a local level can't arbitrarily just wake up one morning and say, we wanna change the program. It's based on legal standing and legal foundation and has to stand up to a court uh, challenge. So uh, so we have to have at least three or more businesses because the courts consider three or more as competition. So if we only have one person, one company that can provide that, that's no competition. If we have two, that's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's a either or, mm -hmm. but three or more is true competition as the as the court sees it. So again, going back to my example of if there's a construction project, we have asphalt is one scope of work, and we have I'm going to go with that number of three. So we have three firms that can provide that service. Well, that service may only be three percent of the overall project cost. So we have to base that percentage on, number one, we have to have three or more businesses that can do it. And then what is that really associated with on a project, not the population? Because the entire population can't do asphalt work, only these certain number of businesses. So we can't say, let's just take that 20% and we're going to apply that number. It's not going to add up. And right. it's only based on the businesses that can provide the work not the population, because the population is not who's going to be doing the work. Right. And and, and so and this is so interesting because, you know, um, I understand that in order to get the certification for the minority business um, will kind of help businesses who are in those spaces to get, is it fair to say an advantage um, or is it safe to say to have a conversation, make sure that the legal framework bring those people into perspective. And the reason why I asked that question, um, 
when we say minority, we don't necessarily... Um, can you break down what do you consider minority? It's not just black people. It's not just um, Hispanic or Latino. It's and it's is it all of those above? And then it goes into gender as well. Can you can you elaborate and, and clarify for me, please? Sure, sure. Um, let me let me answer that and, and go back a little bit. So. Our programs are what's considered supplier diversity programs. Mm -hmm. And supplier diversity programs started and have roots back in the civil rights movement and civil rights legislation in the 1960s. Our, our first supplier diversity program in Hillsborough County started in 1984. And when it started, when these programs started back in the 60s, the goal was to focus on how could minority-owned businesses on processes, I'm sorry, to increase purchases from historically underutilized populations? Now, what's a historically underutilized population slash minority? When these programs started, they were businesses that were majority owned by African-American, Hispanic-American, Asian-American, or Native Americans. Later, the majority ownership that met the qualification of a to be considered a minority-owned business included women. So women-owned business enterprises were added later on. So when we look at and define a business as a minority-owned, that includes a woman. So African-American, Hispanic-American, Asian-American, Native American, and majority woman-owned business are considered minority. So we use those terms interchangeably. We'll say minority and women-owned, or we may just say minority. But when we say minority, that does include women-owned businesses. So thank you for that clarification. So that brings another question. If you had to, I'm sure you keep data. And so would your report include how many uh, women-owned businesses uh, businesses come into your program, how many black women um, own businesses come into your program, and so on and so forth. Is that numbers that you track and and um, report on um, in, in that minority, breaking it down because there's like three or four, maybe five in that category? Um, do you keep... So uh, yes, yes, and, and no. Okay. So we do have currently about approximately 1,000 businesses that are certified with us as a minority or a woman-owned business. Mm -hmm. So we are able to, and and again, a lot of that is, is based on self-reporting. Mm -hmm. So one of your questions was about a African-American woman. Mm -hmm. It depends on how that African-American woman reported and, and registered her business. Did she register it as a woman-owned or did she register it uh, African-American? Or maybe she checked both boxes. Mm -hmm. So uh, at an initial level, we're not able to capture that. We can look into it a little bit deeper and then define it African-American, African-American woman. But some of that is self-reported on the front end of how that business owner reported it. Okay. So that was a longer answer. The shorter answer is, yes, we, we do capture and are able to 
quantify the businesses that are registered with us based on those respective ethnicities or woman ownership. So with that question being answered, which one of those groups, um, could you categorize the percentage of which one of those groups over the last 10 years, their business ownership as entrepreneurs or small business have grown? How would you categorize which group? Because, you know, that's what we do. We, we develop groups. And, and so which ones in the order of um, growth have you seen over the last 10 years? Yeah, I haven't seen any data going back over the last uh, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that we don't capture on a regular basis. That's something we can look at. Mm-hmm. But I would say that that doesn't tell the full story. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's why I say that. So as I mentioned earlier, right now, we currently have about a thousand total businesses. Mm-hmm. And within that are going to be the respective demographics of ethnicity and women-owned businesses. So that number historically over the past few years hasn't changed a lot. Uh, but that doesn't mean the the businesses that are registered with us hasn't changed. And here's why I say that. So our certification is a two-year certification. Every two years, it has to be renewed. For whatever reason, some businesses don't renew or some are not eligible to renew because they've grown and they've uh, exceeded our, our size limitations, which is a success story. Yes. Uh, and so they may not be with us for using your 10-year term that you asked. Mm-hmm. They may have been with us at the first part of the 10 years, but maybe not at the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And we, in between there, have had new businesses come and we've had businesses go that haven't recertified. So that's data that we currently don't capture, you know, how many stay with us from point A to point B. But that's something that's probably a good idea. I'll see if we can we can start capturing that data. Mm-hmm. But the numbers stay the same, but the breakdown of those numbers sometimes changes because, again, new businesses come in and businesses don't recertify. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So what you're saying, just because a person come in uh, for those two years and when they decide not to go for the renewal, that you don't capture that data as to why as of now. But they, it could Correct. have been that they no longer qualify because they have grown past the minority business and don't meet the minimum requirements to be to remain in the program, um, it, or the business it do not succeed, right? And and but there's no way to tell because that data is not being kept. Co- correct. So businesses, some businesses close. I've known a couple of the. The owner uh, passed mm-hmm. and uh, the business closed. Some don't certify. I know one that know one business that became certified with us, got a contract or two with us, a contract or two with some other organizations as a result of being certified with us. And they didn't recertify. Mm-hmm. Uh, they felt that they they didn't see the value of that. And so that was their decision to do that. They felt they were in a comfort zone and the certification proved some value to them, some benefit to them, and they didn't see the value of continuing. Now, I will share that they did come back and recertify with us mm-hmm. because one of the private partners 
uh, value their certification. The private industry doesn't have minority certification. They don't provide minority certifications, but okay. they do acknowledge and receive and look for businesses that are certified with us as well as other governmental um, agencies. And so that business became certified with us. They received a contract with a private entity. And as, as a result of that, they didn't recertify with us. And when their contract ended with the private entity, they wanted to renew it with their private entity, but they weren't certified with us. And so that private entity didn't renew it because they wanted to do business with certified firms. So they did end up coming back and getting recertified and they continued their contracting with that private firm. But those are examples of benefits of being certified with us, not only for our purposes, but a lot of private organizations see the value of doing business and are very conscientious about doing business with minority firms. And so there's value in our certification and in the public sector, our realm, as well as in the private sector. I can see where the advantage, um, if a private company wanted to get subcontractors to do the work, I think, to me, listening to you, the advantage is dealing with someone that have, have a certification of a minority business. All the foundational paperwork is already reported on, and it's, it's a legitimate company, and, and all the boxes have been checked. So that would be that will save time for the private business to make sure we, we're dealing with a, a um, company that have met all the state requirements. I think, to me, that sounds like um, you, your agency, provide all the groundwork for those agencies that want to make sure they, they're doing business with an agency that's above board and in the mainstream. Would you say that would be the case? Exactly. Yes. Uh, a year ago, I was involved on a panel discussion about supplier diversity programs, and there were two bankers. I, I don't recall, and, and I don't know the inherent value of mentioning them anyway if I did, but they were two large um, regional banks, and they were on the panel, and they actually spoke to that point. They said, yes, we don't do certification. We don't have the resources to do that, but we do leverage governmental resources uh, for businesses that are certified who they are intentionally seeking out um, to partner with. Yes, and, and I can see that advantage if I, if I was a, a primer on a job and I needed subcontractors and to use the agency, uh, to use subcontractors that appear on the minority list or the SBE list will give me the confidence that I'm working with a legitimate company. So to me, so far, that's the, the biggest value for minority business is to definitely have the, um, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, the endorsement of the um, city or the county saying that this business um, function as a regular business should. Um, so with that information, how do you do you participate in helping before you go on to the SBE piece? Do you participate in helping um, your certified your certified um, entrepreneurs or uh, business owners to understand how to get 
involved in the bidding process? Uh, yes, and great question. So that's another benefit that we offer of our certification is not only do businesses have opportunity to be a part of county contracting opportunities, um, but we, we host outreach events, seminars, workshops on topics such as how to do business with Hillsborough County, subcontracting and bidding 101. We have a small contractor development program that is going to start in April. It's five weeks. It's on the weekends, on Saturdays from 10 to 2. And those firms that are certified with us, this is an opportunity for them at no cost to receive training on business operational matters that will help them sustain and grow their business. So topics such as marketing, how do I market my business? Uh, how do I bid? What are some good best practices to help me submit a bid and actually increase my chances of winning the bid. Uh, accounting, uh, small business accounting, bonding and insurance. Those are just some of the topics that, we, that we've covered. And so we wanna make sure that we are, that we do have a, a good value proposition for businesses to become certified with us and not just because we're asking them to be certified with us. It has to be a value proposition for them. And then we also have all the businesses that are certified with us are on the county's online minority business directory. So linking back to a previous point in conversation in the private sector. So private sector as, as well as anyone else can look at our directory and see which firms are certified with us. And they can reach out to them and say, hey, I see you're certified with Hillsborough County. Uh, I'd like to do business with you. About two months ago, I got a call from a developer who was looking at building a new hotel in Hillsborough County. It's a private sector job. Um, so we don't have a direct input into it. But he asked me for a list of businesses and specific trades that he could call on and subcontract out with him. So I referred him to our directory and he's about nine months out from the project start, but he's already developing businesses who he wants to reach out to, to do business with. So that's another resource and value and benefit of being certified with us is being on our, listed in our online directory. So what is this? I don't know exactly the, the title name, so please um, excuse me and forgive me for this misspeak. B2, you have a B2 program or B2, a B2? B2G? Yes, B2G. Yeah, so, yeah, so B2G is our database. So it's this program that we use to um, monitor participation on county projects from minority-owned businesses. So it's not open in the public realm on contracts that the county has, which minority businesses participate in, that's the way that we track their utilization and, and their payments. Okay. So that's the B to G, uh, that's our in-house database tracking system. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and you only get access to that once you become a certified member. Right. Okay. Okay. That's, um, okay. That's very interesting. Uh, so 
when when we talk about because we're still with the women minority um, section here, is there anything else you like to add to that before you go to the SBE encouragement program? Uh, I think we did a good job fleshing that out. Uh, just some key again benefits of it is we are able to on projects that are subcontractable, we're able to set goals, and we are encouraging the prime contractor to utilize minority businesses and we're able to set a goal mm -hmm. for that participation based on the available businesses again not population but the available businesses that can do the work that's needed on each of those respective contracts yeah that that is definitely new information because um i'm sure you've been approached with that question if it's 15% of African-Americans in the community, then that number should be 15% doing business. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure you um, have heard that um, perspective before. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's why I try to, whenever I have the opportunity to try to speak to that, the goals are based on the availability of businesses and not the population because the general population is not who's doing the work, it's the business. Right, exactly. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, so before we move on, I, I just want to um, maybe just ask for you to put a note um, to the idea that you would probably, perhaps once you think about it or take it to your team, to capture the data. Because one of the things that uh, is unknown in the community how, how fast are different minority groups are growing in terms of business, successful business by, you know, by gender. Uh, you know, um, I don't know if it's the last 10 years or the last five years, because there is a belief that the black community trails far behind some of the um premier groups, um, groups that are, are ahead of us is basically um, white females, um, Latinos or Hispanics, and Asian businesses. And I think if we are going to kind of like try to um, help fuel the fact that the training and the opportunity needs to be in the black community as well for business owners to have to provide job creations, because this is really about job creations, just like Apple started out as an entrepreneur, you know, or, um, Amazon started out as entrepreneurs. And now they're, you know, they're some of the richest people in the world. And it all came started from their living room or their after-school jobs. And so if we know what we are supposed to do and, and where we are, where, where our baseline is, we would need some data to support that. So um, is there an opportunity in the future to have, have an office or agency such as yours to look into that data or to uh, track that data so that we can get some real-time numbers? And information. So I, yeah, I would I would frame my answer this way. Mm -hmm. We're able to track data only of the businesses that are certified with mm -hmm. us, which is not going to be the wide spectrum of businesses that mm -hmm. are in the community. Mm -hmm. So, for example, 
retail businesses, hospitality, those are not the type of businesses that are going to be registered with us because those are not goods and services that we historically purchase, food, things of that, businesses of that nature. So what we're able to capture is those industries that are associated with our program, and we can report on that, which is just going to be a snapshot. Mm -hmm. There is, I get this question on a regular basis, there is no one clearinghouse on businesses in the African-American or, or any particular community that specifically captures that. I wish there was. Uh, Dunn and Bradstreet might do a good job in, in forecasting, but there's no one database that captures all of that. Uh, so our, our reports will only be limited to the businesses that are certified with us, which is not going to include a lot of businesses that are out in the community, retail, hospitality, food, you know, a lot of home-based businesses, some of those personal services, um, you know, hair care, barbering, you know, things of that nature. So that's a great question. Uh, I get that question, and, and I wish there was one database that could capture all of that. But we are able to do it based on the businesses that are certified with us. And I did make a note, um, so I will take a look internally and see what we're able to do with the data that we do have. So great question. I appreciate that suggestion as well. Thank you, because um, you just gave me some really good information. It's not all business, all industries, so there's a lot of industries that will be excluded. Yes, that makes sense. So thank you for clarifying that. So um, could we move on to find out some of the nuances of the SBE encouragement program? Is that? So the first program we talked about was our MBE program, which is a race and gender conscious mm -hmm. and a goal-based program. Mm -hmm. The SBE small business encouragement program is a race and gender neutral and it's a set aside based program. So what does that mean? That means that the minority business program is based on the business owner being a minority or a woman. Uh, the SBE program is not. So as long as the business meets size requirements and is located in Hillsborough, Pinellas, Pasco, or uh, Hernando County, they're eligible to be in this program. They're eligible to register for this program. By being in this program, what it does, it gives us the ability on county contracts where we have three or more firms. Remember earlier we talked about at least having three or more firms uh, for a procurement where we have three or more firms, we can say the county would like to set aside these projects so that only firms registered with us in our SBE program can bid on them. Some other governmental entities may call them sheltered markets, but set aside sheltered markets is the same, it's the same concept. So we recently had had a bid come out for some landscaping that we have three, we have more than three actually firms that can provide that work. And so we limit the bidding opportunities for that project only to firms that are in our SBE program. So what it does is it increases their chance. It doesn't guarantee, but it increases their chance of getting that respective contract and business. So 
why do I differentiate between guarantee and increase? So if we have five businesses, I can't guarantee which one will get it. <clears throat> well, I can't guarantee one of those five will get it, but it increases the chance of each of those to be the one that does get that contract. So the SBE program is for businesses that are located in Hillsborough, Pinellas, Pasco, or Hernando counties. The minority business program is for businesses that meet eligibility and they can be located anywhere in the state of Florida. Mm, okay. So it's actually about, so, but you mentioned size. So what, what size range, what constitutes this small business, you know, for the, for the community um, sure. benefit? Uh, yeah. So they must be in business for at least one year. Mm-hmm. They must be independently owned and operated. So franchises are not eligible. Mm -hmm. They must have no more than 50 employees. Mm. And there is a, a, a maximum amount of annual gross sales. Mm -hmm. So if the business is in a construction industry, then $8 million over the past three years average that's the size limitation for that for their gross sales mm -hmm. and if they're in non-construction industry over again the same three-year time period averaging no more than five million dollars in gross sales okay great um so you can as a individual you can qualify for both programs right because one of these also have a, a advantage or a, a, dis a disadvantage um, business as a veteran. Which one falls up under the veteran category? As a yeah, so service disabled veterans would uh, meet the criteria and be considered a small business uh, mm -hmm. enterprise. So they would fall under the SBE program. Okay. And you're right. Uh, I didn't want to overlook that point. You made a very valid point. So businesses that qualify for our MBE program also qualify for our, may, may qualify for our SBE program. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say they may is remember the MBE program can be statewide mm -hmm. and the SBE is one of these four counties. So if someone is in Miami, they would qualify for the minority program, but not the SBE because they're outside of our Tampa Bay community. Right. So that's definitely the four counties. Yes. Right. Okay. For the SBE. Right. Okay. Four counties. Oh, that's very interesting. So, <clears throat> so um, there's, there's a possibility that what group would actually qualify for the SBE? And so I'm just trying to distinguish every mm -hmm. qualification that mm -hmm. it, it, it appears that the minority uh, category, what excludes them um, in terms of the SBE? Because what if I use me as an example, I only mm -hmm. qualify for the minority woman's program, but I do not qualify for the SBE. Is that possible? Uh, no, it's it's so it's the other way around. So okay. If, if you qualify as a minority, mm -hmm. you 
Well, let me clarify my answer. So it's not automatic. So if okay. you're a minority owned business, mm -hmm. you would qualify for the SBE program unless you are outside of that four county area. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're a minority owned business, you're in Hillsboro, you qualify for both of those programs. Okay. If you're a minority owned business, you're in Orange County, Orlando, you would not qualify for the SBE because you're outside of the four, the four county counties. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. okay. Now, on the other side, if I am a white male owned business, I would not qualify for the minority. Mm -hmm. If I'm in Hillsborough, I would qualify for the SBE. Okay, great. So <clears throat> now that we understand these two separate programs, could you um, share with us how successful these programs have been by helping to grow business in, in Hillsborough County under the SBE and as, um, I guess, statewide as a minority uh, certification program? What can you, what success can you um, discuss with the community? Could you elaborate, please? Well, so I'll I'll try to give a, a two-pronged answer to that. Mm -hmm. So one specific example is a young lady. She owns a Hillsborough County um, construction and janitorial services cleanup firm. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was able to, by virtue of her certification with us, not only receive contracts with the county, but some contracts with the most recent Super Bowl. And as a result of that, she was able to hire some additional staff. She was able to grow her business. Mm -hmm. And then she's received additional contracts with Hillsborough County government. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure the exact number of staff that she was able to add, mm -hmm. but that's one example of how our program could be of benefit and add value to a business and help them not only grow, but sometimes it's as if not more importantly to sustain your business. Mm -hmm. So it's job creation, helping add jobs, but it's also job retention, making sure that a business doesn't lose jobs. Because while we use those terms, jobs um, in, in businesses, at the crux of it are people. And so by keeping and growing jobs, you're impacting the lives of people and their respective families. So that's, that's just one example of a success story. And then another measurement that we are regularly asked is, well, how much money on a regular, on a monthly, excuse me, yearly basis does Hillsborough County do with minority-owned business? Well, in fiscal year 21, we did about $40 million with minority firms. And last year we did about $60 million with minority firms. So, that's just one measurement of the impact that we're having with our procurements and with our county funds and trying to support minority businesses. So will you, um, will you give out your, the information, if anybody needed to have additional information, just wanted to make sure we get it on the record, how would they contact you or contact your agency, whichever um, makes you comfortable in terms of, uh, sharing information. Sure. They can reach us at 813 area code 
or they can visit us online at hcflgov.net, hcflgov.net, backslash mwsbe, hcflgov.net, backslash mwsbe. And thank you for that. I, I want to just break down again because the minority, the minority part is very interesting to me in terms of the training. Now, mm-hmm. can you talk about that training that's going to happen in April for you said six weeks and it's going to be on Saturdays from 10 to 2. Um, can you give us a little bit more of, of a glimpse of what what that the topics and and what you'll be able to do once you get all of those um, courses and, and since it's free to the public, how would someone register? Where would they go to register for those courses? Yeah, so it is free. It's uh, it's free to those to business. There's no cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but our market and our audience is those firms that are certified with us. So that's the additional value and benefit of being certified with us. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we're providing technical assistance and tools and resources to help businesses stay in business and grow. Mm-hmm. So it's a small contractor development program. It'll start April, I think, 15th is the first Saturday. And then it goes five five consecutive Saturdays from ten to two, mm-hmm. uh, and those are topics topics that are covered in there. Include how do I market my business? Uh, how do I make sure my finances, my accounting, my my books are in order? Uh, if at some point I want to grow my business or I want to go get a business loan, I need to make sure that my accounting and my finances are in order. Um, how do I bid if I'm interested in bidding on not only a county project, but could be out in the private sector? What are some best practices, some tips, suggestions on how to submit a winning bid? Um, if I need bonding and insurance, what are some of the things I need to consider as it relates to that? Um, just business operations. How do I run a good and a successful business? So we're trying to make sure that we have the, that we're, investing in those businesses more than just saying, hey, come become certified with us. We want to make sure that we're giving them tools to be successful. And that's one of the examples. How to do business with Hillsborough County is another workshop that we do. Subcontracting and bidding and making sure that businesses understand the, the best practices of how to submit a good bid. And not just the bid to get the bid. There are some businesses who will submit a low bid because they just want to get the contract. Mm-hmm. Then they get the contract and they're not making any money. Right, right. Um, I, I went to a meeting yesterday that was similar to that conversation, that statement you just made. And um, a lot of, from my understanding, uh, some of them bid very low uh, because of the contracts lasting like five years. Is that is that the case? How long would a contract bid lasts in most cases and and I know it would um, vary on different agencies yeah it varies uh it could go from yeah one to five I, I don't see too many five year ones but mm-hmm. uh, I would say on average they may be two or three years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and but, but yeah the, so some some business owners do have that mindset of well I just I just need the business 
Well, I I understand that, but you're not in business to lose money either. Right. So would you rather get a contract that you're losing money or not have a contract and at least sustaining yourself? Right. So the question would be um, um, talking, listening to other business owners. um, Usually when that happens, um, they're trying to establish themselves. And uh, and a lot of times they are not familiar with how the bidding process works. And research uh, is another issue. And also I find that another issue is that most of the companies only approve the lowest bid, whether you can do the work or not with that, with that amount that you submit. So um, a lot of the companies, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but the ones that I have uh, been exposed to when they're training or giving information out, they're stating that we take the lowest bid. So, what do you have to say about that when they accept the lowest bid and is it irresponsible for them to look at the lowest bid, even when it comes in that it doesn't um, sustain the company or the, or the business may not can be done by offering that type of bid. What would you say about that? Well, I I would say to whoever's, considering submitting a bid. Yes, in a lot of instances, it's going to be the lowest bidder. Mm -hmm. But if you as a business owner are submitting a bid, you have to decide what your strategy is. Is is your strategy to, I just want the bid, I want to win the bid, and I want to be the lowest bidder? Or is your strategy, I have to submit a bid that's going to be the best bid for my business. Mm -hmm. And if I happen to be the lowest bidder, then that's great because at the end of the day, profit is not a dirty word. You have to factor profit into your bid as well as the cost of doing business. We know in today's environment, costs are increasing on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So if I'm submitting a bid for a three-year contract, for example, I have to factor in there over the next three years, some prices are going to increase. And once I submit a bid, I can't change my numbers. Right. Oh, I have to factor in there if, if if it's going to be a 3% cost increase over the next three years, I've got to put 3% in there. But Because, yes, you want to win the bid, but you also want to stay in business, too. Right. And, and that's a challenge, right? Because you have um, competitors that are not thinking on that same rim. They just, like you said, they they'll go low. Um, and, and one of their strategies is usually you still get caught in that situation, whereas you get caught in that situation, whereas um, they want the contract because they have already multiple contracts. And this one, they want to be able to say they're doing business with, you know, X, Y, Z. And so if someone like me, if it's two people, I this may be my first contract. So I'm factoring in the 3% over the next, you know, two or three years, whereas that person that I'm competing against, 
he's per- perhaps is going to say, well, I'm going to just lowball it because I just need it on my list of saying that I got I'm doing business with this huge corporation. That well, happens. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a valid point. And mm-hmm. that's a real world experience. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just it, it comes back to that business owner needing to make a strategic decision mm-hmm. on what's best for his or her business, not the next business. So mm-hmm. there are some businesses that, to your point, can do that. Mm-hmm. They can leverage losing or at least breaking even on one contract because they're leveraging that um, profit and income from other contracts. Right. If mm-hmm. I, as a business owner, am trying to maximize this one or these two contracts, that's what I have to do. I have to think differently. I can't think the same as as someone else. Now, I do have to be a, be aware of competition uh, and what competition may or may not do, but competition is not going to help me pay my bills. They're going to pay their bills. They're not going to pay my bills. Right. So I have to do what's best for my business. And if that means I need to factor in a 3% increase, or if I figure I can eat that 3% increase because there's enough profit margin in there, then that's a business decision that that owner has to make. Yes. So uh, what I want to do is um, I'm, I want to just walk back through and capture some of the things that we talked to because we are coming to the end of this. And I, I just want to... Um, be sure that we gave the community some information that they can act upon, uh, be proactive, rather, if they are thinking about coming towards um, bringing their business to be certified at the Minority um, Business Agency. And could you um, pronounce the proper name of your agency, please? Sure. So Hillsborough County's Minority and Small Business Enterprise Programs. Great. And that that um, particular agency is located where? So our office is downtown Tampa. We are located in the county center at 601 East Kennedy Boulevard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and everything is accessible online. Is that correct? Yes. OK, so they would engage online first um, and they uh, either they can call over the phone to get a, a introduction of what they need to do if they have a problem. Um, do you have a, a setting for people who are, you know, um, maybe visually impaired or hearing impaired? Do you have any tools for them to that wants to engage in this process? Um, they can either give us a call or, or have someone on their behalf give us a call mm-hmm. and then we can try to facilitate what would be the best process to help get them the information. So it would start out with uh, with a phone call or an email, but phone call tends to sometimes be the easiest. So okay. uh, give us a call at 813-829-2650 or ask someone on their behalf if they're not able to do that themselves. And then we can figure out what's the best way to connect with them. Okay. So today we, we um, have Mr. Jones here, and he walked us through some very valuable information for entrepreneurs who are um, want to register their business with um, at the Minority Hillsborough County Minority Agency. And we talked about all the advantages, and there are a lot of advantages because a lot of the companies around the area want to do business with certified minority businesses. 
as subcontractors. So um, in order to um, usually for them to look at you or to want to choose you, you need to have that certification. And that certification also give you um, added support to go into the bidding process and you get free training along the way if you are not familiar with the um, bidding process. And you also have a directory of services you can engage with at the Minority uh, Business Agency of Hillsborough County. Uh, the two programs, um, from my understanding, is the Minority Women's are a program that uh, deals with um, the demographics of race and gender um, consciousness. And then you have the two you have the uh, other program, which is the SBE Encouragement Program. One is um, Tampa Bay Focus, which is SBE one, which is four counties, surrounding counties. And the Minority Business Program is statewide. So um, as if you've been following, Mr. Jones have provided his contact information, website, and uh, if you have any questions, please reach out to the agency or you can contact me um, at, um, um, at the email of eieservices.org. And you can reference this podcast, which is Fire and Ice Podcast, for any additional information. And I would like to thank Mr. Jones for being here and hope that in the future he'll, he'll want to come back and give us an update of some really good information for us uh, business owners who are interested in job creation throughout the community and also just interested in doing good business. So, uh, Mr. Jones, please um, give us your last words and let us know if there's anything that we need to know that before you um, let us go. Well, thanks, Dr. Baptiste. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak with you and information share with, with your listeners. The county does believe in supporting minority women-owned and small businesses. This is a key program in which the county seeks to do that through county procurement. And we wanna make sure that minority women owned and small businesses have an opportunity to participate in our procurement services for those things that we do buy. So thank you again for your time. I truly appreciate it. If anything that our office may be able to answer or help some of your listeners with, feel free to give us a call 813-829-2650 or visit us online hcflgov.net backslash mwsbe. Thank you. Thank you, and have a good day. Thank you. You as well. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye.